Which way do we go? Pardon me. That way is a very nice way. Who said that? Don't be silly, Toto. Scarecrows don't talk. It's pleasant down that way, too. That's funny. Wasn't he pointing the other way? Of course, people do go both ways. Why, you did say something, didn't you? Are you doing that on purpose? Or can't you make up your mind? That's the trouble. I can't make up my mind. I haven't got a brain. Only straw. How can you talk if you haven't got a brain? I don't know. But some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? Yes, I guess you're right. Now, which way do we go? You've probably asked that question before. Uh, maybe you ended up taking advice from someone who didn't have a brain. I don't know. But uh, uh, I've certainly made my, uh, my share of wrong turns. I've gone down the wrong way, down a one-way street. Uh, I've taken much longer to get where I was going than I needed to because I went the wrong way. I'm sure that uh, I've told you before that I used to be a map guy. Um, whenever I would go on trips, I would go down to the local AAA office. And I, I mean, my, my father ingrained this in me. He was the king of map guys, and uh, I, I'm just, I was just his lowly subject. But uh, uh, we would, I would go down to the AAA office, and I would let them know where I was going, and they would pull all the maps, the, uh, the, not only where I was going, but every map in between from where I was to where I was going, and the city maps in between, and all those. And then I would order the triptych, right? And so uh, I would get the, uh, the which is, used to be, uh, this, uh, this little thing, uh, spiral bound, and it would have the whole route. And you could fold it out and see the detail, and you would order this thing, and a couple weeks later, you'd go pick it up, and it had things highlighted on it, and it told you where you could stop, and where there was, it'd stamp it, and where there was construction. I'm sure all these things are online now. Uh, but, uh, that was, that was me. And then, you know, even, you know, we used to live in, uh, in Kansas, but uh, my parents were in Columbus, and uh, we lived literally five minutes from I-70. If you know anything about uh, highways in the country, you know that I-70 goes right through Columbus. So, I mean, 15 hours, but uh, you would, we'd go and get on I-70, and then 15 hours later, we'd get off in Columbus. I would still look at the maps about every five minutes. Uh, just, you know, you just got to, well, maybe we can stop it, or maybe there's a new, or maybe, you know, and, uh, and so... I. Uh, Drove my wife nuts, but uh, I, I'm not that way anymore because now I have Google Maps, right? You guys, you guys uh, I mean, all the maps I ever need are right there on that little screen, and all I have to do is type in the destination, type in the address, and I can just follow that little traveling arrow until it gets me there, anywhere in the country. It even gives you flight times and uh, approximate cost. It's pretty, pretty crazy. Uh, now, I'm, I'm sure that, that you have stories. You're going, yeah, but I've used that thing, and it didn't quite get me there. Yeah, I've, I've experienced that too. Uh, there's certain times that it tries to take me a, a different way, and I go, eh, I don't want to go that, and so I'll, I'll kind of turn it off until I get real close, and then it'll get me the, the, the rest of the way. I remember years ago driving from, uh, uh, from Junction City, Kansas to Albuquerque, New Mexico, 
And uh, I pulled in to uh, the alley right behind Walmart in Albuquerque, New Mexico, uh, and, and was told, you have reached your destination. My destination was not intended to be the alley behind Walmart that day. I was close. I was only a couple blocks off, but, uh, but it was, uh, you know, it got me close. And it really is kind of crazy to, uh, to, to think that these, I mean, these, these GPS devices use satellites up there in space somewhere, right? And, uh, shoot down. They know where I am and, and it triangulates and does all this stuff. And, and, and I mean, it's just, it's the stuff of science. I mean, this, this is George Jetson kind of stuff. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, but, uh, but it's cool. And, uh, and I like it a lot. And, uh, and we trust these things, uh, to get us where we want to go. It's not quite that easy when it comes to knowing the decisions we have to make in our lives, right? Uh, it would be great if we just had a uh, satellite up there somewhere that would just beam to us uh, how we need to make decisions, where we need to go next, all those kinds of things. When we come to those places of now where, where do I go, like Dorothy did, now which way do I go? Uh, when we come to those times when we say, what's next? What, okay, come this far now, what's next? Uh, we, uh, we, we, we need some direction, we need some input, we need some guidance. So hopefully that, uh, that, that you've wondered in those moments, not just what's next, let me make the pros and cons list and make a decision. Hopefully you've also uh, wondered uh, where God wants you to go, right? Uh, what, what God wants you to do next with your life. Uh, it's that question, how do I know God's will for my life? One thing that is kind of a, one of the basic premises of this entire series that you need to know right up front. God does have a will for your life, and he wants you to know it. God has a will for your life, and he wants you to know it. The, the Bible says, and I believe with all my heart, that God created you in his image for his glory to accomplish things in this world for him. Uh, like Paul said in Ephesians 2.10, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. So God has a will for your life, and he wants you to know it. So uh, then the question begs to be asked, so if God has a will for my life, am I living it? Some of you, if I asked you that question uh, one-on-one this morning, you might say, yes, I know that I am living God's will for my life. There are others of you that I would ask that question, and and you would be brutally honest and say, no, I, I am not living God's will for my life. I would guess the majority of us, maybe somewhere in the middle, you might say, well, am I living God's will for my life? I, I hope so. Hopefully, over these next couple of weeks, we'll get the tools to be able to answer that question with confidence, to discover what God wants you to be and what he wants you to do and how he wants you to live following his will for your life. Last week, we started down this road on, on New Year's Day. Believe it or not, it's, we're already a week into this new year, right? And, uh, and, and New Year's Day, we started down this road saying that it starts with this commitment. We made this covenant, right, to, uh, to, uh, to, to follow God with all of our heart. We, we want uh, God's direction, and, 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 uh, and so we want to follow after him. And so we made this covenant together, uh, and, and we said, I'm going to follow God. I'm going to make that commitment. To Sometimes we get things out of order. So we, we want God's direction and blessing, but we haven't ever really committed committed to following him, right? Uh, we, we want him to help us get out of a jam, but then, okay, great, thanks for your help. Now I'm going to go on and do what I 
what I want to do. But in the Bible, it doesn't seem to work that way. Discovering God's will uh, begins with uh, your desire to follow him. Okay, if I'm going to ask for God's will, then I'm going to be following it once I hear it, right? And and we have to hear it. I mean, that's that's important. We talk about this, hearing God's voice. Uh, I mean, there are a lot of people who say they're they're more than willing to follow God's direction if they could just sense where he was leading. I'll do whatever he wants to do, whatever he wants me to do. I just can't hear him, right? And maybe that sounds weird to you, hearing from God, the God of the universe, the God who made heaven and earth, the God who, who put the stars in place. Can we really hear what he has to say? And I just have to admit right up front that I've, I've never heard an audible voice from the heavens. I've never gotten a text that says, Pete, you need to stop that and you need to go here and then you need to do that. And I've never gotten directions beamed down to my Google Maps that tells me what the next steps are. I've never gotten uh, your mission, should, should you choose to accept it. This message will self-destruct. I'm probably dating myself with that little thing there. But um, no, Tom Cruise, he's like hip, cool, right? Yeah, oh, anyway, maybe not. He's probably old now too. It'd be nice if it worked that way. It'd be nice if we just got this information and beamed down and we just know it. It doesn't seem to work that way. We'll talk a little bit uh, uh, about perhaps why, but but, uh, a few places in the Bible, God spoke to people directly, right? Or through angels. We just came through the Christmas season. We talked about these angelic encounters with with, with people. and, and, And sometimes in Scripture, God talks through visions and dreams. But by and large, that doesn't seem to be the most common way that God speaks. So, so how do we, how do we hear from God? We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. But, uh, again, not only, uh, one big premise from this, this whole series is God has a will and He wants you to know it. We have to start there. But also, we have to rely on the foundation of Scripture. And two little verses are gonna get us way down the road toward this. It's in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. If you've ever gotten coffee out here at the, uh, the coffee bar, uh, part of these verses are printed right on the wall, right over the coffee. Uh, you probably fought through, uh, you know, Nick blocking you from the coffee, and so you had time to, uh, to read, I don't know. But Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Or the other transla- the, another way to, uh, to, to translate that is he will direct your paths. In the New Living Translation, it says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all that you do, and He will show you which path to take. So there's promise from God, right? If we trust Him, He'll show us where to go. Like I said, God has a will, and He wants you to know it. Inherent in this is the understanding that God is always up to something in the world. We've got to, we've got to realize that as well. God has a will and he wants you to know it. He is always up to something in the world. Now, some people believe that God is, isn't active in the world, that, that he created the world. They believe in God. He created the world. He set everything in motion and then he kind of stepped back and everything's just kind of playing out. And, and, and so, so there's a, there's a, a theological uh, stream that, that kind of goes along that way. Uh, but that's not what I see in, in scripture. I see a God who from cover to cover in the Bible is active and involved with his people. We just, again, we just came through the Christmas season where, where, uh, uh, God, we're reminded over and over again, God, uh, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus, uh, God with skin on, uh, G- God is, is active and involved with his people. God is accomplishing things in the world all the time. 
And he has a role for you and a role for me to play in his master plan. God wants you to make right decisions, not only for your own well-being, but also to fit in in what he is doing. Well, just a couple of, of things uh, this morning as we, as we understand basically three aspects of how God's will is described throughout Scripture. Three ways that, that, that God's will is, uh, is laid out. God, it's, we see God's providential will, God's moral will, and God's personal will. So the first one is God's providential will. Now, that's a big church word. Basically, what I mean is what God is going to do no matter what. This is God's will. This is the big plan. This is going to happen. Couple of couple of illustrations. Galatians chapter 4, talking about Jesus coming, says in verses 4 and 5, When the time had fully come, God sent his Son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law that we might receive the full rights of sons. God was going to send Jesus no matter what. It was in God's providential will. It was going to happen. God had a plan, and and that plan happened. It was in God's providential will. Another example comes to us from Revelation. That's at the end of the uh, at the end of the book. Uh, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Revelation twenty one. And and for the first heaven, the first earth passed away, and there was no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. In other words, Jesus is coming back someday. It's going to happen. It's part of God's will. No matter what, this is going to happen. God's providential will. It's not dependent on my faith or my obedience. It's not that if I pray enough, this is going to happen, but if I don't believe it, then it, it won't happen. This is going to happen. God's providential will is going to happen in his time, in his way. Uh, and yet God has a track record, even through his providential will, of, of using men and women to accomplish that will. Uh, again, I keep referring to Christmas, but you've got uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth, and you've got Mary and Joseph and, and uh, the, the shepherds and the wise men and, and other characters through those stories where, where God worked his providential will through human beings. God was going to send his son no matter what. He called on these people to play a part in what he was doing. It was God's providential will. God is up to something in the world, and he wants you to be a part of it. It's his providential will. We've got we've to get that as part of our foundation of understanding how God works and, and how we find out his will for our lives. Number two is God's moral will. This is the, uh, the, the, the do's and don'ts of, uh, of life, the commands of God, uh, morality. Um, uh, the, these are the, uh, the, you know, t- the Ten Commandments would fall in there, the, the issues of morality, right and wrong, all those kinds of things. And this really helps us get down the road toward discovering uh, the practical will of God for my life. Uh, if, if you're wondering what to do in life and your question involves breaking a command of God then it shouldn't be a question. It's not God's will. You should not have to pray about whether God wants you to take that job as a stripper. Or if he might be leading you to embezzle money from your company. It's probably not, right? God, should I have an affair, is not a prayer that you should pray. Uh, it's not God's will for you to sin. 
And this narrows the the field down greatly, doesn't it? We're not just praying about anything and everything. We've got it laid out right in the pages of Scripture, what what God thinks is right, his righteousness, his holiness, and, and what is not, what is sin. We don't have to pray about these things. It is not God's will for you to sin. It is not his will to go for you to go against the morals that he has established in Scripture. Uh, instead, it is God's will for you to be holy, to be his holy bride, to be his, uh, his hands and feet and voice, his holiness, his righteousness. First Thessalonians 4.3 says, it is God's will that you should be sanctified, made holy. First uh, Peter 1 verses 15 and 16, just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do, for it is written, be holy because I am Holy, sanctified, pure, holy. You don't have to pray about those. Should I be holy today is not a prayer that we need to, we need to pray. We know it's already what God wants. His moral will is already established and it lays out a wonderful plan for living lives that please God. It will never be God's will to go against the principle, His principles of holiness and righteousness. God's will for your life will not include immorality, will not include breaking the moral will of God. And that's because God's moral will lays out the best life for us. I love Psalm 19. It really just talks about God's law or God's, God's, uh, God's law, God's, God's commands and how great they are. Sometimes we feel, oh, it's oppressive to have to follow. Psalm 19, beginning in verse 7, it says, The law of perfect, the law of God, the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. You see all those awesome things that are a part of following God's commands, following God's moral will? It's refreshing to the soul to live that way. It it, it makes us wise. It it gives us joy. It gives light to our lives. It's it's living with eternity in mind. It says uh, that, that it endures forever. God's moral will is precious and sweet. And when we live like that, this says there's rewards. It's what we want, right? We want God's blessing. We want his rewards. We want to come to the end of our lives. And and God says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Well, how do we do that? Well, it's going to be by following God's moral will for our lives. It won't include going outside of God's moral will for our lives. We're tempted to cut corners sometimes, but following God's righteous way of living is always best. So many times we would know God's direction for our life if we would simply take a step back and discern what his moral will might be directing us to do. Is it this or is it this? Well, wait a minute. Okay, let's hold scripture up to that option and scripture up to... You know what? It can't be that. It's going to be this. And we uh, this is the way, walk thou in it, Scripture says. We, it would be, uh, it, that would be a wonderful way of discerning God's will for our lives. It's always going to fit into his moral will. Here's a principle, uh, again, that, that, that I think helps us tremendously. It's not original to me, Pastor Andy Stanley in, uh, in Atlanta. Uh, this just kind of jumped out at me when I heard it uh, several years ago. He says it this way, the more familiar you are with God's providential will, what he's accomplishing in the world, and the more obedient you are to God's moral will, doing the right thing, 
the easier it will be to discover God's personal will for your life. The more familiar you are with God's providential will and the more obedient you are to God's moral will, uh, the, the easier it will be to discover God's personal will for your life. Could think of it this way, uh, the, God's providential will and his moral will are a lot like guardrails along the highway, either side of the road. And, and, and the, the road that he wants you to live, his personal will, the, the road that he wants you to take uh, in your personal life uh, falls somewhere between those guardrails. It will not be outside of his providential will and it will not be outside of his moral will and that gets rid of a whole lot of options, doesn't it? There are a whole lot of things that you don't even have to dabble with because you know that it's not going to be God's will to be outside of his providential will or his moral will. The, the more you get in tune with God's providential will and the more obedient you are to his moral will, the easier it will be to discover his personal will for your life. Well, let's talk about that personal will for just a second. This is that what, what we say, what we're thinking of uh, when we say, what is God's will for my life, Right? Individual decisions. Should I move? Should I not move? Uh, should I change jobs? Should I go back to school? Should I invest in this? Should I volunteer there? Should I use my time in this way? Should I buy that? Should I say that? Should I not say that? The, the, the list is, is endless. We ask these questions. Should I? Should I? First of all, I think it's awesome if we are asking those questions because that means that we care uh, not just what we want to do, but what God wants to do. We care what God's will is. Should I do this means that, that we have in our minds that there is someone, there is God up there uh, directing things, that he does have a will. And so if I say, should I do this, then then inherently I'm already assuming that God wants to uh, to move and work through me and I want to make the right decision based on what he wants for me. And, and, and so that's huge. I mean, we, we need to have that. We're not just saying, okay, what makes sense to me in this moment? But we're saying, what does God want? Should I do this? Should I do that? I just want to follow God's will. And another thing that's important is that, uh, we have to have the commitment to follow through on His will once we sense it for us. We So many times, we ask God to tell us his will so that we can consider it. Have you ever, have you ever been there? God, uh, what do you want me to do? Okay, well, I'm sensing that maybe I should I'll put that into the, put, into the pool here, into the list, along with what I think and what my neighbor thinks and what my dad thinks and what my spouse thinks, and, and we'll kind of play it all out and we'll see. And so, God, thanks for your will. Now I'll consider whether I'm going to follow that will or not. We want God's advice, I think, sometimes. And and then we decide whether we're going to take that advice or not. That's not what Proverbs says. This says, uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. God does not give us direction for our consideration. He gives us direction assuming our participation. Isn't that good? I didn't come up with that at all. I mean, that's just stolen straight. But isn't that good? Sticks right there. Hey. God doesn't give us direction for our consideration, but for our participation. He's assuming, if he's going to direct us, that we're all in. And again, uh, if you were part of our service last week, then, then we made that commitment. We made that, that, uh, that, that covenant with God. I am all in. I'm going to do what you want me to do. Now, I can't predict the future. I, I love to read those little, those little things sometimes you can get, maybe in the tabloids at the grocery store. I haven't looked at any in a long time, but, but uh, used to, uh, they used to print these predictions for the coming year. 
usually they're just wild and crazy, just out. I, I'm not even going be, to begin to do that about what's in store in 2017. But whether I know what's coming or not, I can still be committed. I can still know that whatever does come, I am committed to trusting God and to following Him every step of the way, even right now, even before I know all the details, even if it sounds crazy, even if it doesn't make any sense at at all. Trust, that's what it means. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Our own understanding, how we interpret the world, that's not our foundation. If we're going to find God's will for our life, we're not looking at what makes sense to us. We're trusting God, even if it doesn't make sense. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't Lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will make your paths straight. He will direct your path. As you're seeking God's personal will for your life, you have to get an honest answer to that question, do I trust him? Do I really trust him? Deep in your heart of hearts, do you honestly and completely trust God's way, even if it looks like there's no way he's going to catch you? You trust him. We have to get to the place where we want God's will more than we want any of the other options. We ask God, what should I do? And then we add on, and please make it this, right? Uh, God, what, what should I do? Um, and I'd love for, you to, for it to be this, and please make it that. And if it's not that, then I don't trust you anymore. Many times we pray, pray prayers that sound a lot like, God, I'm planning this. Make it work out for me. Instead, if we have Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 as our foundation, we're praying the prayer, God, make my path straight. Whatever you want, I trust you. More than once, more, more than once in my life, I have, I have come, had to come to the place of letting go of what I wanted, to let go of the option that I was pulling for in order to submit to what God wanted instead whether it was uh, where to move or when to move or, or whether to get married or when and how to adopt children or, or even in deciding to pursue becoming a pastor, there has always been a time in those decisions when I've had to forget about what I thought made sense, what I thought I wanted, and I had to surrender completely to God and say yes to His plans. And there's something, there's something bigger going on here. This is not just about making a decision. Something amazing happens when we say yes to God, when we trust Him completely, when we move out in obedience, when we're, we're living in the center of God's will, eh, we get closer to Him. Philip Yancey, author uh, Philip Yancey says, I do not get to know God and then do His will. I get to know God more deeply by doing His will. At the end of this process of discovering God's will, you haven't just made a decision You've grown closer to God. And, and that's really the point. We're going to accomplish things in life. We're going to go places. We're going to do things. Uh, we're we're going to participate in, in life and all that that means. But ultimately, God is interested in knowing you deeply. And when you do know him deeply, and when you're growing closer to him, when you're becoming more and more uh, familiar with 
who God is and how he works, when you're beginning to understand his providential will and his moral will and how he works in the world, when you know him deeply, his direction will come naturally. I'm, I'm sorry for those of you who are like me and you're map people. <laughs> because God doesn't usually give us a detailed map of where things are headed, right? just doesn't seem to work that way. Actually, he does a little bit better than that. He's a guide and he goes with us. He's been there before. He knows where he's going. And as we let him lead, we're just along for the ride. So God is doing great things in the world. And there are certain things that are going to happen no matter what. That's God's providential will. And God has set up a system of purity and morality and righteousness and holiness uh, where life happens best within his moral will. And as you and I discover more about those two aspects of God's will, and as we're living within, between those guardrails of life, he will take us down the road he wants us to go personally. If you trust him with all your heart, he will direct your paths. You stand with me. Let's bow for prayer. Father God, we thank you for your word and we thank you for the truth that you are moving and working in the world, that we're not just living life on our own and guessing, but that you, you have a plan in this world, in this universe, and you're not just trying to keep it from us, but you want us to know it. Lord, we thank you for your word and for the, uh, the direction that we get, especially for your moral will and the, 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 the best way to live. Lord, even in this moment, there may be some of us here today who who know that we're outside of your will simply because we're not following your moral will. And there's something in our lives, a habit, uh, something that we've said or done, a relationship, wh- whatever it is, Lord, there's, there's something that's outside of that will. Lord, I, I pray that you would bring that to mind, that we wouldn't just, just slough it off, but that you would impress upon us how amazing and precious and wonderful it is to live in the center of your moral will. And that through your, the conviction of your Holy Spirit, that we would make things right with you today. Forgive us. Cleanse us as you've promised to. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness as we confess to you. Lord, for, 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 for some here today, there may be questions about what the next step is personally, individually. Lord, I, I pray that our quest for knowing that would, would truly start with getting to know you, that we can uh, spend that time with you and with your Holy Spirit and with your word and with your holy people and, and that through that interaction of getting to know you more, that it will become more and more clear what you want us to do. Lord, I pray that no matter what, that, that we can truly trust you deep in our heart of hearts, that we can want what you want more than we want any of the other options because what you want is going to be best for our lives. And so, Lord, as we, as we go from this place today, I pray that you would guide our steps, that you would guide our words, that you would guide our, our, uh, our, our conversations, that, that, that you would be in the midst of, of, of what we do and the decisions that we make, that you would receive the glory and that we can look back uh, on our lives one day and see your fingerprints all over the place, that you have led us in ways that we couldn't have possibly dreamt about because we're not leaning on our own understanding but we're trusting 
completely in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.